Welcome to Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvig. That's right, I'm your host, Kurt Sanving, and welcome to another edition of Paranormal Almanac. On this edition, though, let's talk about New Mexico. Yep, just a state. But first, as always, we have shout-outs. Shout-outs going out to all the patrons. Head on over to patreon.com slash paranormalalmanac. These people are the ones that are keeping Paranormal Almanac on the air. So if you like this podcast... Don't skip ahead. Just listen. It takes like less than a minute for me to say thank you to all of these people. It's very important for me to thank each and every one of them. So just listen. Just calm down. Less than a minute. Let's get right into it. Shout outs going out to Cobalt Hunter 42. That's right. Cobalt Hunter 42. Lori, Alicia, Rebecca, Esteban, Orlando Floyd, Steve, and Stephen Cher. Jane Ann Dennison, Jennifer, Heather G, Shooky Shooky, Zuzus, What's It, Paula Cassidy Bishop, hey howdy hi, Rick, Nico Share in the Mouse, hey howdy hi, definitely to them, thank you so much for the letters, Andrew, Paul, Mark, Tortuga, Hannah Boo, Mike from Jersey, Terry Ann, Tuesday, Jay Bizzle, Andy, Tracy, Virginia Mailman, The Cryptid from Beyond, Robin, Tony, Flory, Jason, Vicky, Crow, Clay, Tim, Buzz, Tom, Libido Works, Glacier Maine, Isabel, Jen, Jen, Stacy, Tamara, Amber, Gary, Tracy, Matthew. Uh-oh, I got to start over. I don't know why. I got lost my spot. Paul, Mark, Tortuga, Hannah Boo, Mike from Jersey, Jay Bizzle, Andy, Tracy, Virginia, Tony, Jason, Vicky, Crow, Clay, Buzz, Libido Works, Glacier Maine, Isabel, Jen, Jen, Stacy, Amber, Tracy, Kelly, Joe, Menace the Beast, Kick-Ass Magic Robot Webcomics, Andy, Paige, Kausch, Bentman666, Andrew, Scott, Andrea, Melody, Vicky, Vanessa Marisol, Liam Roger, Alicia, Becca, Jake, and the Beasties. I think I already said some of these. This is weird. This is not, it's it's all kinds of craziness. Just enjoy. Just go with me. Elizabeth, Wojtek, Sherry, Art Muffin, Trudy, Tim, Kenneth, Ricardo, Ian, Alexandra, George, Seth, Zozo the Demon, Hayden, Cindy, Ashley, Carrie, Robin, Will, Lauren, Russell, April, Isabel, Audra, Dorian, Cindy, Bob, Stacy, Jerry, Lindsay, Hahn, Jeff, T, Joe, Lawrence, the Lawrence Strawn, Veronica Autumn, J. Mark Manning, Carolyn Martin, Jade Nanashi, Chuck, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson, Dan, Laura Pitts, and Gamer Fan. With two special shout-outs to Joe Teague and a Stitch. I'll admit, that one got away from me. I, I will 100% say that shout-out got away from me. I could not keep track of where I was on the page. But still, shout-outs to all of the patrons Previous, current, future, if you are ever a patron, thank you so much. Once again, for those of you who are listening to this show for free, and some people are saying, well, I listen to it on Spotify, and they got ads, so you're getting paid. One, no, I am not. I don't get a dime, not a penny from Spotify. The only people that are supporting the shows 
are the patrons or those people that are buying merch. Go to tpublic.com slash stores slash paranormal dash almanac. And there's a ton of brand new merch that I was just dropped and literally two styles that were just dropped this morning. There are brand new styles coming out all the time. You can get them on stickers and masks and bags and artwork and shirts and hoodies and t-shirts and um, baby's shirts and baseball shirts. And, you know, if you can name a shirt, chances are they've got it. But uh, there is a ton of new merch. Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash paranormal dash almanac for all your Paranormal Almanac merch needs. And it's also funny to me, there's a bunch of people every week. I get, uh, this week alone, I got two dozen at least. Where's the new episode, man? It's already, sun- Where's it's Friday. Where's the new episode? It's Saturday. Where's the new episode? Hey, it's Sunday. Where's the new episode? Not one of them are a patron, which makes me laugh. So it's free. You'll, it'll come out. And when it does, you'll get it. And then you get to listen to it. And uh, two, I got, you know, I got a day job all week and then a life, not a real, not a, a good life or anything, but I got a life, you know, I got a puppy, I walk, I go for walks, I do things, people, the episodes are coming. Anytime you get a little bit stressed, like, oh, where's a new episode? Just know there are a bunch more new episodes on patreon.com slash paranormal almanac that you probably haven't heard if you're not a patron. And... There's a bunch of live episodes. I just did a live episode this week with the Sean Bishop for St. Patty's Day Parapalooza, I think is what we called it. Uh, we're just having fun with some of the, the the live, you know, the people live. So it was, a you know, just a good old fun time talking about uh, more Mandela effects. Um, so there's that. You can watch that. You can go to twitch.tv. You can watch it. You can go to Facebook. You can watch it. There's more stuff is what I'm saying. There's lots, lots, lots more stuff and a lot more to come. But... With that out of the way, make sure if you have the ability to be out in California, Valencia, California, that is, on March 31st and April 1st, there's a thing called the Parapod Festival. You can go to parapodfestival.com, check out the ticket prices. If you were like, hey, you know what? I could swing that. I want to go. Please do. I think it's going to be a blast. You may even get to hang out with me, Sean Bishop, maybe Todd and Jamie from the Debbie Moffat episode that you all love. They might be there, Todd. Uh, I'm not sure if Todd and Jamie will be there, but Sean, he said he's coming with me. I'm I'm definitely going. I'm going to go to the ghost hunt on Friday night, the paranormal investigation, because I don't think we're actually hunting ghosts. I'm going to go to the paranormal investigation on Friday night, and then all day Saturday. I'll be there all day. Going to some panels, hanging out at the hotel bar, checking out another panel, go right back to the hotel bar, skipping that panel, staying at the hotel bar, Uh, And then, on April 1st, you'll find out along with me if I actually win one of the two Parapod Awards that I am nominated for. That's right, I'm nominated for uh, Best Host of a Psychic Podcast and the Best Host of a UFO Podcast. So, thank you to everybody that voted. Uh, It's not up to me anymore, it's up to the judges, it's up to the fates. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm going in not expecting to win. So if I do win, it'll be a great surprise and it'll be fun and it'll be awesome. If I don't win, it was awesome to be nominated and it's already fun and awesome. I'm already in, looking forward to it. I, I bought, you know, a, a shiny pair of new boots that I got to scuff up because they're too freaking shiny. I don't like stuff too shiny. Uh, an outfit to wear. Um, you know, I'm just going to have fun. I'm, I get to hang out with my friend, Sean Bishop, 
and maybe Todd and Jamie as well, which would be awesome. And also a paramaniac, Robin. She said she's coming out for it. I get to hang out with a paramaniac, so I don't care if I don't win an award. I'm just going to have fun. And it's got a whole bunch of things. They got a merchant area. I'll make sure I take a video and um, I'll do an Obviously, I'll do an update, you know, the next week's episode or not the next week's, but the uh, two weeks episode will probably be about the Parapod festivals. It, it will be. Don't worry about it. It will be. Um, and I'll, I'll catch you up on everything that happened in the, in the paranormal investigation and getting to hang out with paramaniacs and just getting to hang out in Valencia for the day with other, you know, paranormal types peoples. It'll be fun is what I'm saying. All right, let's get right on in. Hold on. I got to, I didn't have anything set up. Here we go. Let's get right on into paranormal news. Okay, Kurt here. I'm going to pause for a little bit before we get into paranormal news to say that after I recorded this entire episode and uh, I noticed it actually when it happened. At the end of the episode, I, like the, I let the music fade out and I wait a couple of seconds and then I do little, my little backwards masking thing that's just for me that no one really listens to, but, you know, rightfully so. But as soon as the paranormal all the theme music ended, I could hear something in the speakers and I saw my little microphone um, equalizer moving up and down just ever so slightly. And I was like, what the hell was that? So, you know, I uploaded the episode, not uploaded, but, you know, put the episode in audacity so I could edit it. And I was like, went right to the end of the episode. And there is something at the end of the music. When the music gets done playing, well, listen to it first and then um, tell me what you think. All right, obviously I amplified that, so you, all of a sudden the music, you know, will, the, the very tail end of the music will bounce up really loud. That's not what I'm talking about. I amplified that so you could hear it because, again, when I pressed play, I was like, whoa, what the hell is that? Nothing in this house made that little noise. I don't know what that little noise is. Here, let me play it again. I don't, for the life of me, know what made that sound into the microphone because it's just me just sitting here waiting for the music to stop so I can do my little backwards masking thing. But it was very noticeable. Like I said, I could see the little equalizer on my microphone go up and down just a hair. So something was right by the microphone making that noise. I can't hear any words, but I don't know what the hell it is. Maybe I should slow it down. I'll try, Maybe I'll try that. Um, but... Um, what do you guys think? Weird, huh? I don't know what that is. I'm not saying it's an EVP, but um, it's an unidentified EVP. It's a UEVP. I don't know what the hell that was. That one was weird. All right, that's it. Back into the regularly scheduled program. I should also say that um, there is no chance that this was rum. Rum was nowhere near me. She's sitting as far from me as she possibly could. She didn't make that noise. It's something that happened very close to the microphone. I didn't shift in the seat, and if I do shift in the seat, which I'm doing now, nothing sounds like that. I don't know what the crap that thing was, is what I'm saying, but it's weird. All right, now back to your regularly scheduled program. Okay, here it is, slowed down. It didn't help me at all, but maybe it'll help you. I have no idea. Now back to your regularly scheduled. I swear, we're going to get back to the episode. Don't worry. The episode's coming. Sorry. The 
Have you ever seen Bigfoot riding on the back of Nessie while being sucked up into the sky by a UFO, all to the soundtrack of a choir of ghost cats being led by a black-eyed child? Is this story true? Well, there's only one place you're going to find out. Get all my news from Paranormal News. Listen carefully for the clues. The stories are strange and bizarre. It makes you wonder just who we are. This is Paranormal News. Paranormal News. There's something in the shadows. Take it away, Kurt. I sure will, Buzz. Um, I, I, freaking, I freaking love that song. I've said it before. I'll say it again every time. I love that song. That was just, I love that one. That's just a great one. Thanks again, Buzz. Uh, if you have your own bumper music that you would like to send for Paranormal News, you can send it over to paranormalalmanac at gmail.com. That's paranormalalmanac at gmail.com. I'd love to hear them. All righty. Um, I'm going into this one because someone told me it's paranormal, so I have not watched it yet. It's a video. A mystery creature was filmed by security system that frightens a Florida homeowner. So, I just know it's not going to be paranormal. But let's. I'm super excited. Oh nope, nope, no free ads from you, peoples. Um, let's see, let's see if it's paranormal. And I'm like, hold on, let me let me watch it again. It was quite the wake-up call for this Lehigh Acres family. It's not paranormal. Some creatures set off their security camera no. two nights in a row. I can they tell you what it is. Wait, figure hold out on. what it was. All right, hold on. Uh, we're nine seconds into it. I guessed it at about four seconds. I, I haven't seen this video yet. I'm going to guess that it is a frog walking over their security camera. So let me see if I'm right. We sent NBC2's Gage Golding to 69th Street West to find out what the creepy critter might be. Imagine seeing this on your security camera in the frog. middle of the night. I mean, they haven't uh, said it yet. 1.40 a.m. is when I, I got the notification. Dean Gordon woke up early Dean Sunday Gordon. morning to find something moving in his Lehigh Acres backyard. Oh I looked at it and I said, this looks like a human hand taking my camera no, it off. Doesn't. Oh, but that's no, it far from it. Then I said, that looks like an octopus. Eh, no, that's a little closer. Doesn't. Dean was intrigued enough to share the video on Facebook, asking anyone to help figure out what this critter could be. But his interest really sparked the next day. That's why he stopped. I saw the leg, I think the eye. Wait a minute. He saw what? He I saw the what? Legs, big eye. It turns frog. out the creepy critter is actually a tree frog. A yeah, Cuban right, tree. Yeah, I, about, I guess sons of bitches. They're not a paranormal thing at all. It's a freaking frog. See? <sighs> Come on, people. It's a frog. All right, so he saw a frog, which means it's not paranormal. And even though it was in the news, it's just dumb. So moving on to the next story. The next story in paranormal news, odd leprechaun-like entity photographed during full moon. Again, keeping my hopes very low. This is another YouTube video. Let's do this. Come on. Press play. Come on. Come Those on. taken the night of a full moon in quick succession have terrified viewers and spawned ghost theories. On ghost theories. I should start talking like that for the next episode of Paranormal. Almanac. Alrighty, a Reddit user posted two images trying to figure out what the crap this thing is. First photo is an empty lawn and a full moon. The second photo, though, come on, get to the second photo so I can see it. Come on. How long are you going to banter? Just show me the... I'm skipping ahead. Alrighty, I'm pausing here. I don't need to listen. 
All right, so the second photo does show some tiny-looking little creature thing on the ground, walking from the left to the right. Um, I mean, this one definitely isn't a frog. I don't know what it is. They're thinking it's it's a leprechaun. Uh, someone thinks it's a remote-controlled doll. You know those. Everybody's got those remote-controlled dolls out there. Um, and the next person says, all right, why did you take a picture of a bush and a telephone pole for the first photo anyway? And then this, all the other people are like, it's a doll. It's a doll. It's a doll. They set it up. Looks like a doll. It's a doll. Is it a doll? I think it's a doll. All right. So all of the, uh, the commenters are saying it's a doll. So I'm going to go with that. Not paranormal. That's two for two. Not paranormal in the paranormal news. Now I'm getting angry. All right. Third story. It's got to be paranormal. A trucker talks about creepy sightings. Ex-Navy pilot reports seeing UFOs. This week's top 10 offbeat headlines. This comes from Fox 10 News in Phoenix. It all began with a trucker sharing footage of a chilly sighting along an Arizona highway. And uh, let's see, the, the trucker driver, truck driver whose camera featured the spooky moment is now speaking out. Okay. <sighs> Better be paranormal. Here we go. Whoop! nope. Hold on. Not getting no free Mento ads on my podcast. Nope. You don't, you don't get to, nope. Six more seconds, five more seconds. Uh, so it's going to be a video of a trucker's dash cam footage. Is going viral and blowing up our Fox Tim website. Yes, Fox the video Tim shows website. what he believes looks oh, like a ghost. Some other people do too on the side of the freeway. Fox 10's Lindsay Regis has more. She spoke with the driver and she reports tonight. Show Lindsay. the video. I don't care. Hey guys, that's right. I spoke with both drivers. The person who was driving at the time thought it was a human, and then the other driver who was in the passenger seat thought it was oh, a ghost. That's not a driver. That's called a passenger. A team of two truck drivers working in the same 18-wheeler came across an unusual sighting Saturday morning. Mm. I mean, she's seen it too. So. Whoa, hold on. I got to rewind that. An unusual sighting Saturday morning. All right, it definitely looks like someone's walking down the the right lane of the highway, I guess. In all white, very quickly, very blurry. Um, so it's either a person just dumb walking down the highway or it's a ghost. I mean, she's seen it too. So we both did see it. It's not like we're both losing it. It took William Church, who was behind the wheel, by surprise. Yeah. I actually twitched the wheel um, to, to miss whoever it was. Erica Lake just finished her shift and Church took over. And an hour later, he saw what looks like a person at first on the side of State Route 87, about 40 miles northeast of Phoenix. At first, I thought it was a human. And then when you can't really see the face and the top of the body up, I was kind of, I wonder what. And then, then we were thinking about maybe it's, it's a ghost. It wasn't until Church was at the next rest stop when he took a closer look. I don't know if it was a person or if it was something spiritual or something, but it was in the form of a human. All right. Yeah, that's good. It does. It looks like a person that's um, walking down the, the, the highway. Uh, I don't know if it's a regular person or if it's a ghost, but it is very blurry because of the speed. Interesting. Um, I'll put that one up on the Facebook fan page. And then let's see. Uh, where's the other spooky thing? Here we go. Ex-Navy pilot who's seen UFOs in flight calls for investigations of aerial phenomena. We need to be curious. Former Navy pilot Ryan Graves is calling on government agencies to investigate UFOs in the skies above the U.S. or a risk or a, th or risk a threat to national security. Yeah, yeah, I agree. 
Um, all right, that's cool. That is a good one. All right, so that one I'll, I will say very well could be paranormal, and then that guy does talk about uh, UFOs, so good on him. Up next in paranormal news, speaking of UFOs, UFO sightings and COVID-19 pandemic link tested in a surprising new research. That's right. Um, the authors of this research hypothesized that the COVID-19 pandemic, which resulted in lockdowns and social distancing measures, may have led to an increase in UFO sightings. It's not the first time that I've talked about this because other people have thought this as well. Um, is there a correlation between people staying at home and, and you know, kind of being on lockdown and people watching the skies and seeing UFOs. The authors analyzed data from the National UFO Reporting Center and the Mutual UFO Network. And uh, from 2018 to, to 2020, and compared the number of UFO reports before and after. And what did they find? Let's get to the end of it. Their, their analysis demonstrated the UFO reports did increase in 2020 compared to the previous years by about 600 reports in each database. Um. Obviously, they can't conclusively say that it is a connection, but it does seem to be a connection. That's a neat one. I like that one. Up next in Paranormal News, it's right. It's time for your weekly Nessie update. And it's time for Ian O'Fadigan yet again. Keeping up with the, you know, his pace on spotting Nessie, Ian O'Fadigan again spotted Nessie. Uh, he estimates it about 30 feet long. Within an hour, he spotted two humps surfacing not far away, and they appeared to be moving away from each other. He said it's obvious that the two Nessie-like humps are moving over a two-minute period, and the larger hump of the two has changed position from the smaller one. Given the fact that there is no disturbance of water visible between the objects, you would have to concur they are two separate moving creatures. Now, I finally get to watch this video. I've been wanting to watch this video since someone posted it on the fan page. Now I get the chance to watch it. Um... As you guys know, while this video is loading, that uh, Ian O'Fadigan is a guy that I'd love to talk to. I got to reach out to him again, see if he'll possibly do it. Um, he's had multiple entries in the official Loch Ness Monster, not a monster sighting register. But they've pulled them all because of webcam sightings are not official sightings. Nope, no free thing. He now believes the sheer scale of the earlier dark shape in the water could officially support the Nessie theory. What animal could be that long? He said, well... Uh, it's definitely two animals, and it could be something that's completely unknown. Yeah, I agree. Come on, let's get the, skip the ad. I want to see this video. There right, we go. Ah, uh, yeah, so there is something dark. Now, see, me, Kurt, who's not a Nessie hunter or spotter or whatever, would think that's just the ripple of a wave. Come on, let's get to the next one. Play the next video. Oh, come on. See, those just look like a ripple of a wave to me, but... Oh, no, no, I take this back. Now that he's actually... Now that the webcam is actually moving across, I don't know what it is, but it is definitely on Loch Ness, and it could be too Nessie. So I'm going to say it's too Nessie because, as you all know, I want Nessie to be real, and I want nothing more than to meet Nessie and tell her I love her. Already up next in Paranormal News. That's right, this is a jam-packed episode of Paranormal News, so... Up next in paranormal news, warning, Bigfoot-like creature is on the move across the U.S. after hundreds of people left terrified by sightings. According to Bruce Hallenbeck, the legendary kinderhook creature terrifies upstate New York residents with its ear-curdling screams and intrusive hunting patterns. He is saying that this giant, it's, it's a Bigfoot, I don't have to, it's a massive bipedal humanoid creature in reddish-brown fur, it's a Bigfoot. 
He's saying that um, his cousins and grandmother have been had have had terrifying experiences with the legend, and has allegedly dug through their trash, left dead coyotes hanging in the trees. That's fucked up, and tormented the community of Kinderhook with wretched screeches. He says that the Kinderhook creature could be on the move as reports in, in his small neck of the woods have decreased. I think it may have moved south because there are many reports in Dutchess County. Dutchess County is an area in New York just south of Kinderhook. I don't think it's dangerous in any way. I think it's scary because it makes a horrible sound. And I think it's scary only in the sense that it's unknown. He said something was taking their trash bags off the back porch of their house and taking them down in the middle of the yard and rifling through them. His neighbors had his grandmother's neighbor had similar issues. One of his cousins stumbled across a coyote that appeared to be hung in the tree after its neck was snapped. That's messed up. Um, then his cousin allegedly witnessed a terrifying sight during a hunting trip. It came running up into my neighbor's. His relative came running running up to my neighbor, my grandmother's house, and his face was white as a sheet. He said they had seen the three creatures walking across the creek and said they were walking on two legs. They had reddish-brown hair, and they were making clicking and grunting noises. Sightings were reported by more family members and locals. Um, They said it sounds like a squealing pig. According to the family, the creature tormented them with screechings that even sounded like a pterodactyl, recorded over 40 years ago. Um, According to Hallenbeck, the wild screeches outside their home were so bad, they provoked the terrified cousin to fire warning shots with his shotgun. Don't fucking shoot Bigfoot. Um, he said he could hear them ring, hear them ring through the bushes. Uh, they said the entire Hudson Valley has always been noted as being kind of a haunted place. Even when the first settlers came here and were sailing down the Hudson River, they saw strange lights on one side of the river. It's just an area that seems pervaded by that sort of thing. But he's saying that the, what does he call it? The Kinderhook creature? Yeah, the Kinderhook creature is on the move. So if you live south of Kinderhook, keep your eye out and, uh, you know. Don't shoot it, please. Come on, people. All righty, up next in paranormal news. Five Bigfoot theories analyzed and one that can't be explained. I like this story. All right, so for decades, people have been spotting Bigfoot. We all know that. Let's get to the theories. In 2013, Dr. Melba Ketchen claimed to have conclusive proof after spending five years and 300,000 pounds investigating the sightings of Bigfoot. During the Sasquatch Genomes Project announcement, she published that uh, Bigfoot footage from a similar team had been have had definitive video and DNA evidence from the elusive Sasquatch. And they said they had one at least at least one tissue sample. They said, "Is it a lost ape? Possibly. It is an is it a Native American spirit? Possibly. Is it all a hoax? Possibly." But. They're saying right now there is not enough evidence to say one way or another, and there's no reason not to believe. As more and more evidence keeps getting keeps being found, we will have a conclusive answer to what Bigfoot actually is. So they really don't go through what it could possibly be. That's great. But they did say that uh, the tissue samples, the hair samples, and the DNA samples in 2013 were inconclusive, but that doesn't mean... That Bigfoot isn't real. Ooh, wait, hold on. What's this? There's a associated news story on this news story. If I can get it to click, everything's frozen. My computer is frozen. Just we're gonna wait a second. Let it wait it out. Oh, come on, it crashed. All right, let me see if I can get that to come back up. See if I can get that news story that was connected to it. 
Here we go. Listen to the eerie voice of the rock-throwing poltergeist caught on video by ghost hunters. All right, I want to see that. I want to listen to the eerie voice of a rock-throwing poltergeist caught on video by ghost hunters. A team of ghost hunters were investigating the infamous galleries of justice in Nottingham earlier this month when they encountered a chatty poltergeist they caught on camera. I want to hear it. Oh, there's going to be an ad, so I'll keep reading the story while the ad loads. Members of the group experienced poltergeist activity. They headed down to the caves to attempt to make a contact. Shortly after their arrival, they said they were pelted with stones. When they checked their recorders, they were shocked to hear a scream on there. All right, I want to hear it. Come on. Especially me. What? The hell was that? Would you, would you like to show your presence oh, like you did last time, please? Uh, keep playing. What's going on here? Hello? It's... I don't know what's going on in this video. It's it's loading. It'll play for a second, then it freezes for a second. Throw something again or make a noise. You got me twice. Come on, old man. Come on, do something. Oh, oh, man. Man. <laughs> it's just audio. There's no video. It's just audio. Did it hit you? Wait, there's one down here. There's a few down here. I love these people's voices, but I want to hear the screech. The 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 voice. All right, all right, calm down, people. Calm the fuck down. Have you ever been on a paranormal investigation before? Come on, calm down. All right, where's the voice? Oh, Jesus, these people love to scream, man. Come on, old man. It's the best you've got. I think he's a coward. Come on, give it your last you shot. You just there. screamed like a little... Oh, come on. <laughs> yeah, who's a coward now? All right, is there a voice? Oh, there's two minutes and 35 seconds, and not one second of it was the actual voice of the creature. Just a bunch of people crying and screaming and then going, Oh, you ain't so tough. Do it again. Oh, crap, I did it again. Shut up. Now I'm angry that I clicked on that ad or that uh, that associating news story. Alrighty, up next in paranormal news, I only got two more stories. Don't worry, then we're gonna get into this episode. Um, campers in Northwest Florida terrorized by a strange creature. That's right, Florida Bigfoot, y'all says the woman in the latest viral Bigfoot video. She's probably referring to a skunk ape. And they say, click here to watch the video, which is all I want to do. So let's click there and let's see which the video is. And the video didn't load. All right, awesome. Skipping that one. I got plenty to get to. No time to wait for it. Uh, I did let it go for like a minute. So I cut that, obviously, that that dead air for a minute out. But uh, I let it load for a minute, and then no video popped up. And then the description of it was, can't really see anything. It's night vision. It could be anything. So I said, screw it. Finally, paranormal news. A spooky haunted house for sale, which comes with a pool, garden dragon, and a mini castle. That's right. A property known as a haunted house has just gone on the market. 
Uh, let's see. Many houses for sale in Wales claim to be unique, but this eight-bed, eight-bathroom beast of a building surely has enough surprises and unexpected features to happily and rightfully use the word within its description. The um, people come up every year to the to see the Halloween garden display, but the house in northern Wales is supposedly haunted. Let's see. Let's keep going on. I don't care how many candy you give out every year. Uh, the house is for sale for £975,000. They said that... Uh, they don't really say why it's haunted. They just say it's, it is it's definitely haunted, and it's a big old house. All right, so if you want a big old haunted house in Wales, search Wales Haunted House, I guess. There you go. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Paranormal Almanac. We are back. I have to say, I forgot to say that the merch is on sale right now, including the new styles too. So sorry, I forgot to mention that earlier. Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash paranormal dash almanac. If you're listening to it live, even if you're not, check to see if it's on sale because they go on sale all the time. But right now, everything's on sale on TeePublic. So go check it out. All right, we are back. So on this edition, let's talk all about a state that gets mentioned way too often in Paranormal Almanac. Well, lots of episodes. Ghost episodes? Yep, I've talked about this state. Cryptid episodes? Yep, talked about this state. UFO? Oh, hell yeah, I talked about this state. In fact, this state has it all, but on this edition, I wanted to focus just on the haunted locations that you can actually go to if you ever find yourself in New Mexico. And uh, let's start it all in a city that's uh, hardest to spell unless you listen to Weird Al songs. That's right. Let's start in Albuquerque. So Albuquerque has ghost tours, lots of fun stuff to do. If you want to do like the touristy paranormal guided tours, you can do that. Or you can just listen to this and then go to the places that I talk about on this episode because they're all haunted anyway, and they're all open to the public. First, there's a haunted hotel, which I think is one of nine on this episode, unless I added more. So I guess, you know, count along with me. And here is number one. That's right. It's the Hotel Andalus. It was built by Conrad Hilton, who is most famously known as the great-grandfather of Paris Hilton. Or, I suppose, as, you know, Hilton Hotel fame, you know, because he built the hotels. Well, I'm sure he didn't build it, but he had the Hotel Andalus built in 1939, to be exact. Two non-paranormal fun facts. It was, Mexico, it was New Mexico's tallest building at the time and was the first building in the state to have air conditioning and an elevator. There you go. There's your touristy... You pretend this is you're on a paranormal tour with me. There's your little paranormal fun facts, or non-paranormal fun facts. But it was only Hilton's fourth hotel in the nation, but for this episode, it was reopened as the Hotel Andalus in 2009. And guests often report seeing a female ghost on the seventh floor dressed in 1940s party dress, which sounds cool. I'd like to see that ghost. Also in the hotel on the fourth floor, go down to the fourth floor, there's an older woman in a pink dress she's seen wandering the halls before vanishing. She is always seen around sundown. So you actually have a time to go to, you know, a good chance to see this ghost. If you go there around sundown on the fourth floor, there's a chance you'll see an older woman ghost in a pink dress. There are also guest reports that if you leave jewelry out in your room, it'll move in the night. 
And this last one um, for here seems fun. There are many reports of disembodied, tortured screaming through the night if you stay overnight at this hotel. But I'll be honest, I hear that in most of the hotels I stay in, and it always seems to be coming from me. So apparently, you know, it could be I'm just staying in a room, you know, check to see if I'm, you know, go down to the, the lobby and be like, hey, is Kurt having paranormal on the next day in here? And if they go, oh, yeah, he is. That disembodied, tortured screaming, that's just me. It's night terrors. I do that. Um, let's go to another hotel. So, again, you'll have some options to stay in Albuquerque. It's the Hotel Park Central, and that's park with a Q. P-A-R-Q. Central. It's the, quote, high-end hotel Park Central. And like most things high-end, it started low-end, or in this case, it was a freaking hospital and a psychiatric facility. So, of course, there's going to be ghosts. And the ghost sightings here go back to the hospital days. That's right. People that were staying in the hospital, actually, patients, that is, actually reported that during their stays, they heard disembodied voices, crying, objects being moved on their own, and a feeling of being watched. So what can you expect here? Well, guests have reported all the stuff I just said, plus having their sheets pulled off their bed as they sleep, which you might remember from one of the Haunted Hotel episodes, is a thing that I do not like. Ghosts, keep the sheets on my... Look, you can't pull the sheets off the bed as I'm sleeping because then my feet are exposed. And as you know, if your feet are exposed, you are more likely to experience monsters in your bed. That's just a fact. All let's move on to a theater because those are always haunted. And so is this one. It's the Chemo Theater. That's K-I-M-O. It's probably Chemo, but it's spelled Chemo. But Chemo is, it's a bad name for a theater. But it's called the Chemo Theater. I'll call it that. They think they know who's actually haunting this theater, too, because in 1951, a water heater exploded in the theater, killing several people, and also a six-year-old boy named Bobby Darnall. Bobby was scared of what was going on in the screen. He got a little scared, so he went down, and he was on, like, the stairwell by the concession stand, you know, like, trying to calm himself down because the movie scared him. And that was a bad decision for Bobby because the water heater exploded, right under where Bobby was standing. They said that Bobby was thrown against the wall and his head was crushed. Well, Bobby isn't over being exploded and having his head crushed, so he still haunts this theater. He causes so much havoc that it's actually tradition for performers at the theater to leave Bobby a small gift or a treat, most often donuts. Because who doesn't love donuts? Ah. <sighs> Look, it was at this point while I was doing research for this episode when I wrote like, oh, donuts. And I was like, man, I want a donut. So I left to go and get a donut. So if you want to know why this episode took a little longer to get out, it's because I left to go get a donut and damn it, that donut was good and it was worth it. Okay, so what does Donut Bobby Ghost do? Well, he messes with the electricity. He opens and closes doors repeatedly, turns lights on and off, drops cables and other equipments from the ceiling to mess with other with the uh, people that are performing there. Uh, it's said that he's tripped people. He's just a little dickhole. Um, also, there's a lady ghost who's seen walking along the hallways. She's just seen wearing a bonnet, has often re been reported walking down the theater halls, just, you know, kind of going about her business. It's said that she doesn't disturb anyone. She just likes strolling about the theater, and no one leaves her one goddamn donut. 
Oh, no, poor little Bobby gets all the donuts he can eat, but strolling lady? No one leaves her one flipping donut. Come on, people at the chemo theater. Look, here, here's what I got to say. If you go there, hell no, if I go there, if I go there, I'm going to loudly tell Bobby, hey, this ginormous gourmet donut that I bought, I'm going to buy one of those big, huge, oversized donuts, you know, like that are good for like eight people. I'm going to be like, hey, Bobby, you see this ginormous gourmet donut? It's not for you. It's for her. So don't touch it, you little dickhole ghost boy. Not my fault that you got too scared watching a movie that's probably like a train coming at you because people were dumb back in the days, and now you're dead, so you don't get this donut. No, no, she gets the donut. Speaking of donuts, it is said, but take it with a grain of salt, that if you leave a donut on a peg in the backstage area for Bobby and come back the next day, there will be little bite marks taken out of the donut. Kurt here, I think that's probably from a rat and not from little ghost boy Bobby, but, you know, maybe it is. I don't know. Alrighty, let's see. There's actually, I have, I thought I had a mini paranormal news from this. Let's see if I do. That's right. Paranormal investigators explore claims of haunted press club. We're in Albuquerque, New Mexico, an old log cabin known today as the Press Club nearby the Chemo Theater has a long history, and some even claim it's haunted. Paranormal investigators will be exploring those claims. Uh, it says Mrs. M, the former, former owner of the cabin, she was a nurse at the old sanatorium, sanitarium, sure, and uh, is often seen here at the cabin used as a place for her patients to stay. There have been several deaths associated with the place, you know, tuberculosis patients who had passed on, and he's had his own experiences at this club. So if you want another place to go, I would say check out the old press club, or the press club, I guess it's called. It's not called the old press club. All righty, with that, let's go to the old town, because old town Albuquerque is all haunted. That's right. You got a whole haunted old town. So this is the place to go if you want the most ghost bang for your buck. Um, it's lousy with ghosts, if you will. First up is the Botker Man Mansion or Botcher Mansion. It's now a bed and breakfast. Ooh, I guess that makes this another hotel. My math will definitely be off on this episode. Make sure you count along and tell me how many actual hotels I talk about. Um, originally built in the 1700s, it has 40 rooms and was the governor's mansion until 1845. Charles Botger, I'm just going to say Botger, I'm sure it's Botger, uh, purchased the building in 1893 and basically never left. People see him walking the halls and also see the ghost of a woman wandering around and also a ghost called the lover. All right, that's what I want my ghost to be called. When I'm, when I'm dead and I have a ghost, call, call it, is that the lover Kurt ghost? All righty, let's see the lover likes to sit on the bed of a sleeping woman in the, oh, that stay at the bed and breakfast. Now, that's more like the creeper, not the lover. Um, yeah, many women have felt someone sitting down on the bed next to them or that someone is lying on the bed next to them. Yep, that's a creeper. That's not a lover. All righty, still in the old town, there's La Placita Restaurant. Originally the home of the Armijo family, it was turned into a restaurant in the 1930s, and employees say there are four ghosts that are seen here, including one of a little girl who died in a bedroom here in the 1880s. Um, employees say they hear their names called, feel cold spots. Customers have reported seeing a misty, odorless smoke over their table that dissipates with no explanation. 
Kurt here. I got an explanation. That's probably the sizzling fajitas, and it's the best thing to order at a good Mexican restaurant. And even though they tell you, like, uh, you know, like, don't touch the thing when they put it down, they're like, it's very hot. Don't touch it. I wait for them to walk away, and then I always burn my finger on it every goddamn time. But it's so good. Always, if you have the opportunity to buy a sizzling fajita uh, plate at a, at a good Mexican restaurant, do it every time. That explains that uh, odorless smoke over the tables. It's damn good. Uh, let's see. Next up in Old Town is the Church Street Cafe, built in the early 1700s by the Ruiz family, or Ruiz family, probably Ruiz, who owned the building until the last family member, Rufina Ruiz, passed away at 91, when current, current owner Marie Coleman purchased the property and began renovating the building as a restaurant she began hearing disembodied voices scream at her to get rid of the contractor and items would be found in disarray. Holy crap, what the hell was that contractor doing to piss off the ghost that much? Somehow, they say that that voice is obviously the ghostly voice of Rofina's mother, Sarah. No idea how, doesn't really explain, but sure, okay. Employees and customers over the year have seen a woman in a long black dress disappear in the dining room after hours. And it's also, you know, all the basic ghost stuff. Uh, it's all basic ghost stuff. Let's move on to the High Noon Restaurant and Saloon in Old Town, where the lady in white dress ghost. That's right. They got a lady in the white dress ghost. She's seen here in the Santos room and also a variety of unexplained sounds heard in the entire restaurant. And bartenders have seen glasses sliding across the bar, bar and floating through the air at night. Then there's the Haunted Hill, which is just outside of Old Town. They say it's a great place to go hiking, especially if you like the sounds of disembodied screaming, the sounds of something heavy being dragged through the gravel, and also rocks being thrown at you from no one. Which, personally, I do not like these things during my hikes. But if you do... If you want, like, a haunted hike, you can have that too, I guess. Uh, let's see. Another theater on this list. Yep, already. It's the Albuquerque Little Theater, which is said to have one of the nicest ghosts in Albuquerque. His name is Manny, Manuel Yaramillo, and he was once the caretaker of the theater. Crew members and staff have heard the doors opening and closing on their own and feel the presence of Manny as he walks through the hallways. Hold on a second. So that woman ghost in the other theater did the same damn crap, but no one called her the nicest ghost in Albuquerque. I'm walking in here and I'm saying, fuck you, Manny, and then I'm leaving. Why? Are, look, it seems to be a real, like, misogynistic attitude, attitude towards the ghosts here. If it's a woman, she's screaming. If it's a boy ghost, let's give him donuts. If it's a guy ghost, he's the nicest ghost. And come on, man. Come on, Albuquerque. Do better. All right, up next is another hotel of sorts. It's the Painted Lady Bed and Brew, and I like the sound of that one. It's not a bed and breakfast. It's a bed and brew. That's right, the Painted Lady Bed and Brew is a 19th century former brothel and a saloon that you can stay at. Plus, it has a female ghost that is said to be a beer-drinking spirit. So, you know, I guess have a brew with a ghost while you stay there because that seems like a fun ghost. It seems like a party ghost. I'm down for that. Finally, I get to a church on this list. It is the Church of Our Lady of Guadalupe, where a lady in black is said to haunt the chapel, and she's been called the scariest ghost in Albuquerque. Why? Well, no freaking reason that I can find. All she does is she appears in the chapel from nowhere, sits on a bench, dressed all in black, where she prays, how dare she, meditates, ooh, and sometimes sobs. 
Ooh, yeah, yeah. She's the scariest ghost of Albuquerque. All right, let's keep going because so far it's been all Albuquerque. So, um, and again, Albuquerque seems to be really kind of misogynistic towards their ghosts. So let's move on to a new part of New Mexico. Not a new part, but another part of New Mexico. How about Arroyos? The most well-known ghost is um, ghost here is one that I actually spoke about before. Spoke about before. It's the spirit of La Llorona. It's on an episode a long time ago that I did. I want to do another episode on La Llorona because I didn't say it right and everybody got all mad at me. Um, she said to wander amongst the arroyos, the ditches, and other bodies of water in her long white gown, weeping as she searches for her children that she drowned long ago. So an oldie but a goodie. Alrighty, let's keep on moving on. I want to keep on going here. Picking up the pace to Cimarron. I think that's how you pronounce it. Cimarron, New Mexico. And the next hotel on the list. It's the St. James Hotel. Built by Henry Lambert in 1872, the St. James Hotel was the location of numerous shootouts during its Wild West days. Here's a fun fact for you. It still has evidence of the shootouts in its dining room ceiling where 22 bullets are still wedged. That's a lot of bullets in a, in a ceiling because it can't be that big of a dining room. Uh, but if you think that 22 bullets seem like a lot, how about this? This location... This is the location of more than 26 murders, and most of the victims wander the hall still. That's right. The hotel is just rife with a ton of ghosts of people that were murdered here. So if you stay here, try and book room 18, which I will say they won't rent out to you, but you can ask. And sometimes they might actually open the door to show you the room where it's still haunted by the spirit of T.J. Wright, who is a gambler who was murdered after a winning hand. I've talked about him on a previous episode. He's seen in the room, in the mirror, walking to the room. His bootsteps are heard by other guests and all the other basic ghostly stuff. There's another ghost here, though. Her name is Mary Lambert. She died of natural causes in the hotel in 1926, and there's basic ghost stuff for her, and up to including her perfume is still smelled in her room. Um, they say that you can, you know, wander around. There's a little, like, you know, be wary kind of tip for, for ghost hunters or paranormal enthusiasts. They say you're allowed to wander around, but don't make it too obvious that you're ghost hunting. Or they might ask you to, like, knock it off or might kick you out. And it said the owners of this hotel, the St. James Hotel, have a strict no Ouija board policy in the hotel. I think that one's kind of fun. All righty, up next. Uh, and you know what? Rightfully so. So don't get caught using a Ouija board in the St. James Hotel. Or you may never leave. All right, from there, let's go to Chama. I meant to look it up. It's just C-H-A-M-A, so I'm going to say Chama. Sure, Chama, New Mexico, and the next hotel on the list, it's the Foster's Hotel. Guests here have reported hearing the sound of a woman thought to be a frontier judge who was poisoned in the hotel when several local men took offense to her leadership position. Today, people can hear her ghost choking and gasping for breath. Then, across the hall, the hotel guests or hotel staff have heard a small girl's cry. They believe these are from the ghost of a girl who died there of an illness more than 100 years ago. All right, settle down, New Mexico. Stop trying to pin down just which ghost you're hearing there. Calm down, people. Then, the ghost of a cowboy is said to wander the hotel halls here too. So I'm just going to say, that uh, this is the ghost of a cowboy who stayed here in cowboy times and didn't want to be a cowboy, but wanted to dance. 
Knowing his friends who were other cowboys would make fun of him for wanting to dance, this cowboy would secretly dress up as a woman so he could dance with all the traveling snake oil salesmen that stayed in the hotel. See, I can make up ghost stories too. Calm the fuck down. You've got ghosts. You don't need to name the ghosts or have a backstory for each ghost. You can say, do you see that? That's a fucking ghost. I've got a ghost right there. Who is it? I don't know. It's a ghost. It's scary. That's all you need. Um, hotel also has all the basic ghost stuff. Look, I've said it before, and I'll go on my little mini rant here for a second. You don't need to give backstories to everything. You also don't need to embellish ghosts by giving them this little, oh, it's a little girl who died there of an illness more than 100 years ago. Settle the fuck down, people. Ghosts are good. That's all you need. Oh, my God, I just saw a ghost. Yes, you did. How cool was that? That was cool. That's all you need. Calm down with the backstories, New Mexico. All right, let's move on to another hotel. It's the Hotel Eckland, where you're going to want to stay in room 307, which is haunted by the ghost of a maid named Irene. Guests staying in that room hear her creaking floorboards, and probably one of the creepiest things on this episode, many guests say, that if you stay in room 307 of the Hotel Eckland, that faces become visible in the wallpaper. Yeah, yeah, that's creepy. Look, is it pareidolia? Probably. Um, but if it's not, if there's like, you know, like faces coming out of the walls all of a sudden through the wallpaper, yeah, score, that's creepy. I don't need to know that the maid's name was Irene because I saw a face come through a freaking wall while I'm staying in room 307 at the Hotel Eckland. That's creepy. Alrighty, let's move on to the final resting place of New Mexico's famous outlaw. Can you guess which one it is? Billy the, no, it's not Billy the anything. It's Black Jack Ketchum. Who? Well, I looked it up. He was a famous train robber and he was hanged in 1901. The last official hanging in New Mexico's history. Congrats, I guess. Now, legend has it that during the hanging, he was decapitated, which was very common. If you, you know, if you're a heavier guy and all the way to the neck, your head pops off. Now, if you visit the local cemetery, they say it's easy to find Black Jack Ketchum's grave because at the time, the cemetery was divided, the Catholics and the Protestants. And neither group at the time wanted Black Jack's remains in their half. So he's buried in a median on the dirt path that snakes its way through the cemetery. His ghost is often seen here, and he's angry. Hmm, gee, wonder why would he be angry? Um, could it be that his head was ripped off his fucking body as he hanged? Could be that. Uh, could it be that, like, for no reason, both the Catholics and the Protestants were like, no, fuck that guy, we don't want him in our cemetery. Could be that. I wonder why. All right, moving on to the um, Herstein Museum. Fun fact, it's free of charge and open on Tuesdays through Saturday, as well as by appointment. This museum sounds like a very, very cool museum that I would like to check out, but more importantly, a haunted cool-ass museum I wanted to check out. You've got all the ghost basics here. Shadows people? Yep, mm-hmm. Voices? Oh, yeah, sure, huh? Unexplained noises such as stairs rattling with no one walking on them? Oh, yeah, you got it. How about crap being knocked over? Oh, yeah, all the time. Apparently, all the flipping time. So if you want a cool museum to go to, and you want a haunted museum to go to, 
And you want to have a good chance of, of a ghost knocking stuff over at a cool museum? Go to that museum, the Herstein Museum. And it's free. You know, tip them, though. Give them, give them like a donation or something if you go. That's just from me. That's not from them. All righty, let's keep on going to the Union Courthouse. It was reconstructed in 1909 after a tornado tore through the town and destroyed the original courthouse. It's said to be haunted by the pissed-off ghost in the cemetery. That's right. Black Jack Ketchum's back. He haunts the courthouse. Why? Because right out front of that original courthouse was where he was hanged. Also, the courthouse houses the jailhouse where he was kept until he was hanged, and it's said to be ice cold even in the hottest summer days. Plus, you know, all the basic ghost stuff. Alrighty, let's move on to Cloudcroft, New Mexico. That doesn't sound like a real place, but apparently it is. Cloudcroft, New Mexico to the Lodge Resort and Spa. Now, the lodge burnt to the ground in the early 1900s and then was rebuilt. As you know, anytime something seemed to be burnt down in the early 1900s, late 1800s, ghosts seemed to be around. And this one is no different because ghosts have been seen there ever since the place burnt down in 19, early 1900s, including... Another known ghost named Rebecca, who is a beautiful chambermaid with red hair who was murdered by her jealous suitor after he found her in the arms of another man. Today, she's seen moving furniture, that seems nice of her, flicking lights on and off, and igniting fires in fireplaces. Plus all the basic ghost stuff. Alrighty, on to Dawson, New Mexico. There's no creek there, but there is a cemetery. In 1913, in Dawson, New Mexico, an explosion at the local mine killed more than 250 men. It was one of the worst coal mining disasters in American history, apparently. Then, another disaster took the lives of 123 miners in 1923, 10 years later. Gee, I can't figure out why this place is haunted. All right, all that remains of Dawson, New Mexico is a cemetery. Because, you know, everyone fucking blew up. Uh, it's now known as one of the most haunted places in New Mexico, and people visiting the cemetery at night have reported seeing shadow people, lights from old mining helmets, voices, the sounds of explosions, and crying. Yeah, it's a whole lot of tragedy in one tiny little location. Of course there is. All right, let's move on to Las Cruces, New Mexico, to the Dona Ana County Courthouse and Jail, built in 1937. There's not a ton of activity here, but... It says this, there is a person who visits this place often and he states that he has been scratched by an invisible hand and has witnessed a jail cell door closing on its own. Eh, that's not the best one. There's others, there's way better ones to visit in my opinion, but I wanted to throw it on there so you have that option. Alrighty, on to the next hotel on the list, the Amador Hotel. Built in 1866, guests here have reported seeing shadowy figures in the hallway flashlights turning on and off mysteriously and having their arms scratched. So if you're into that whole like arm scratching experience, you don't have to go to the Donna Anna County Courthouse and Jail. You could just go straight to this hotel and stay there apparently. Now some say it's the work of the ghost of a little girl named Annie who frequents the rooms on the second floor because of course it's a randomly named girl ghost that is never actually seen there. She, they never say like, I saw... This ghost, and it's obviously a ghost. She has red curly hair and red dress, and she's uh, obviously an orphan, and she doesn't have any pupils. I think her name's Annie. Like, no, they just, 
I walk on the second floor and the flashlights turn on and off. There's shadow figures and something scratches my arm. Nothing connects that to, so it must be a little girl named Annie. Calm the fuck down, New Mexico. All right, now to Las Vegas. Nope, nope, not that one. The New Mexico Las Vegas. Yep, I didn't know that either. Rum didn't know that either. It's anarchy. Um, It's the Plaza Hotel. What the crap? Hold on. If I die, it's a ghost. That was not the ghost of a little girl named Annie, thankfully. That was just my neighbor dropping something off. All righty, where was I? Um, Vegas, that's right. We're in Las Vegas at the Plaza Hotel, built in 1882. It's said to be haunted by the ghost of its past owner, Byron T. Wells. The hotel's restaurant and bar is even named after him. If you stay there, they say Book Room 310. That's right. If you go to Las Vegas, New Mexico... Stay at the Plaza Hotel, asked to be booked in room 310 because it was Byron's office. And to this day, hotel guests sometimes hear him or see him in this room clear as day. Almost like it was a recording, they say. That's kind of cool. All righty, let's go to Las Lunas. To the Luna Mansion built in the 1880s, the ghost here is supposedly that of Josefita Otera, who died during renovations to the mansion in 1951. Her spirit is often seen sitting in her rocking chair or walking up, walking up and down the mansion staircase. Her ghost is also seen in two rooms upstairs that were once her bedroom. One of those rooms is now called the Spirit Lounge as a nod to Josefita. That's kind of cool. Both staff and guests have seen her in uh, 1920s outfits and then vanish. They've also seen another ghost, which is a young man dressed in period clothes, He's been seen sitting by himself. Uh, he's been seen sitting by staff members. That's what it is. I took that directly from their uh, the actual uh, Luna Mansion um, webpage. A young man dressed in period clothes has also been seen sitting by staff members. Now, I don't know if they mean the staff members see his ghost sitting or if the ghost is seen sitting by staff members. So I guess, you know, someone go there and just let me know because... The grammar is very, um, uh, it, it doesn't make any, it could go either way. I can't think of the word I'm thinking of, but it's it's uh, ambiguous is the word I was thinking around. The grammar is very ambiguous. A young man dressed in period clothes has also been seen sitting by staff members. I don't know. Just someone go there and let me know, would you? On to Mesilla. Mesilla, New Mexico to the Double Eagle Restaurant built in 1849. It was the site of a brutal double, double homicide in the 19th century, and the ghosts of the victims still reside inside the room in which they were killed. Known today as the Carlotta Room, guests can stay there, but you are warned not to sit in the corner chairs or you'll upset the ghosts. Now, guests who have encountered the ghost and sat in the chairs say they are, quote, mischievous prankster-esque poltergeists. They say they're fond of making uh, the tables and chairs move and breaking wine glasses. Now, here's a tale from this website that I found online, or from, uh, of this place that I found online. The Double Eagle Restaurant. A wealthy family, the Mazes, had a palatial home here. The matriarch of the family expected her son Armando to marry into high society, but Armando fell for Inez, a beautiful servant girl. Now, they fell in love, but Senora Maze 
uh, found the two in Armando's room, and she flew into a rage. Grabbing a pair of scissors, she stabbed Inez. When Armando tried to protect her, he was stabbed as well, and both died. Realizing what she had done, it said that Senora Mays has never spoken again and went mad. All right, so I guess the lesson here is don't, this is a don't, don't stab two people to death with scissors if you don't want to go mad and become a ghost in whatever location you do that. How fucking hard are you stabbing people with scissors to kill her and your son and your son supposedly accidentally? That's... That lady flipped, man. Alrighty, off to Santa Fe, New Mexico, to the La Fonda Inn. The La Fonda Inn. Now, legend here says that in 1857, an unfortunate gambler who couldn't pay his debt, uh, a, lynch, a lynch mob came and got him. They took him from the gambling hall and they hanged him in the hotel's backyard. So, it is said that if you go to the La Fonda Inn, guests have seen what appears to be the shadow of a man swinging from a tree while dining there. So, Kurt here, let me ask you this. Would you keep eating if you saw a hanged ghost shadow from the tree right next to you? How good does that food have to be to be like, oh, that sucks, there's a ghost that's being hanged right now, but this steak is really good. I'm going to keep eating. I, I'm going to go ahead and say I would stop eating for a little bit and be like, you... You, what do you see in that shadow right there? And if the person I'm eating with, they go, oh, that's definitely a hanged person. I'd be like, let's get this to go. Let's get let's get the hell out of here. You know, I'll, I'll eat the food. Don't get me wrong. I'll eat it later, but I'm going to take it home and eat it. Let's see. Uh, guests at the La Fonda Inn also say they have sighted the ghost of the judge who was shot dead here in his long black coat wandering the hotels. Plus, a young bride who was murdered on her wedding night by a jealous ex-lover. It's also said that if you go into the wedding suite, you will see that young bride who was murdered by her lover. And um, basically, you can kind of take your pick of ghosts because there's a variety of ghosts and all of the basic ghost stuff. So I guess if you want to stay at the La Fonda Inn, I mean, it's some crazy cool ghost stories, so I guess it'd be kind of cool. I would check it out for sure. But they say if you want to stay at the La Fonda Inn, best bet to see a ghost is to stay in the wedding suite. So there you go. Tell them it's your wedding. Who cares? They won't care. You're paying for the suite. Who gives a shit if you're actually getting married or not? All right, finally on this episode is the La Posada Hotel, where in 1882, a merchant named Abraham Staub built his three-story brick mansion, and his wife, Julia, lived there as well. But Julia is still seen here. Now, she's most often seen at the top of the staircase, the grand staircase. She's also been seen in the Nason room, Julia's room is now room 100. And they say if you want to stay at the La Posata Hotel, to stay in room 100, where some guests who stay there report the feeling her presence and even someone sitting on their bed. They say her wispy image is seen in the original building and glasses will sometimes sail across the bar here for no reason. Then there's another room called the Rose Room. Now it's named for its stained glass roses, and Julia's love for her rose garden, and they say that even though there are no roses in the room, you'll hear, or you'll hear, you'll smell the scent of roses. You'll hear the scent of roses. That's how good it is. No, you'll smell the scent of roses in this room. Wow. I will say, um, New Mexico, 
not only has a lot of ghost stories, which it does. I mean, there's shit tons more. This is just a tiny, tiny little piece of the ghost stories in New Mexico. If I wanted to do just an episode on Albuquerque, I could have. But I wanted to kind of bounce around a little bit. Um, there's way more ghost stories in New Mexico. There are a shit ton. But the thing that surprises me is how many of the ghosts they seem to know who they are. I have never seen a more comprehensive list of ghost names ever. So, you know, go to New Mexico, eat by a hanged ghost, stay in a bunch of hotel rooms with ghosts, tell uh, that little Bobby kid to stop being a little dickhead of a ghost. Is that his name, Bobby? Why does it sound, is it Bobby? What's his little dickhead's name? Yep, Bobby Darnell. Tell him to stop being a little punk-ass bitch of a ghost, man. Um... Make sure you find me the, um, you know, like like the coolest, bestest ghost while you're there. Because if I haven't talked about them and you know their names, I want to make sure I talk all about them. But while you're in New Mexico, checking out all these cool haunted locations, I need you to find me the lost treasure of New Mexico. The what? That's right. The Lost Treasure of New Mexico, mini bonus edition. And by mini, I mean it's going to be one sentence long. But uh, several treasure historians believe that the huge Gran Quivera hoard, which is 1,600 burrow loads of gold and silver. I got to say, that is a lot of burrows worth of gold. I only want like one or two burrows worth of gold. But no, 1,600 burrows. Burrow loads of gold and silver is still out there waiting to be found. They think, their best guess is, it's located in the southern Manzano Mountains and possibly in the Hell's Canyon of the Four Hills areas, which are both near Tejeras Canyon on Highway I-40. That's as close as I could get for you, but I need someone to find me the Grand Quivera Horde. And again, I don't need all 1,600 burrows loads of gold and silver. No, I want you to have the majority of the burrows loads of gold and silver. I just want maybe just one burrows load of gold and silver, please, if you find it. And you found it because you're going to listen to this podcast and you're like, what? I got to look up this Grand Quivera horde. Or you go, wait a second, I drive down a highway I-40 near the Tejeras Canyon all the time. Might as well pull over one day and find that gold for Kurt. Like, yeah. I think you should. Please do. Please do is what I'm saying. Um, What do you think of uh, New Mexico? Like I said, I knew it was all kinds of woo-woo kind of spirituality and crystals and UFOs and ghosts and stuff, but I didn't realize how packed it is with Old West ghosts. And there's something about a good Old West ghost story that I absolutely love. So, oh, no, it's still not time yet. I mean, banter a little bit. There we go. So... Do me yourself a favor, head on over to New Mexico, stay in all these places, eat at all these locations, check out all these ghosts, don't give Bobby a donut. Once again, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvik. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Paranormal Almanac. And what did we buy? Pamps the what? <laughs>